strong more than say, hey, not me. The Bible says I am blessed. The Bible says he was made poor that I may become rich. The Bible says I am not weak. The Bible says I am the head and not the tail. Go ahead and reign in life. Go ahead and move mountains. Go ahead and jump. Go ahead and win. Go and make lots of progress in life. Why? It's possible. You are listening to a podcast by Senior Pastor of Life Free Church, Prophet Gomezio Shamani. Hallelujah. All right. So today we're going to continue with our series teaching on the church community. And I hope you're really following this series and I hope it's really blessing your life. And last week we began by looking at practices. Practices that were taught within the church that would help people really get to a place of growth and also would show people that by virtue of them practicing certain things, they would eventually yield certain results. And so we looked at a number of practices that the church was encouraged to engage in. Remember the Bible tells us that this book of the law, alright, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate, you shall practice it day and night, observing all that is written in it, then your way shall be prosperous. So certain results are really reactions to our actions. So at the end of the day, practices are very, very important for us. Now, apart from practices that were taught in the church, we see that leaders and the Spirit of God would address a few other things. And today we are going to look look at two uh, things that the church was addressed concerning. Okay, I said the the three remaining things that we're going to look at are prophecies, postures, then patterns. But today, because of time, we're only just going to look at prophecies and postures. Praise be to God. Prophecies and... So it was very, very necessary that prophecies had to be addressed in the church. Prophecies are uh, are events of what was going to take place in future. Events of what is is taking place in the current uh, state. And so prophecies are very, very necessary in, you know, uh, the body of Christ because they position us to do certain things. Alright? Practices are obviously also important because they position us to act. Prophecies are also important because they push us to be positioned to the next point that I'm going to be giving. That's postures. So when you practice and when you have prophecies, it, it regulates the postures that you're going to have within the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Now one of the prophecies that we see that was given to the church is a prophecy that is derived from 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse 1 to 5. Now, why was this prophecy given? So that it could regulate the postures of mankind. So that it could regulate the postures that we have as children of God. Now, the Bible says, but you know this, or rather, but know this, that in 
in the last days, this is the times that we are living in currently, the Bible says there will be perilous times. This word perilous simply means difficult. Difficult times that we're going to experience. And it is actually a prophecy, it is a prophetic word, that there will be difficult times in the last days. It simply means if you get to see difficult times, it has already been spoken about. Now, these perilous times will come, and next verse, it shows us what what things are going to be happening. It says, for men will be lovers of themselves. It simply means one of the things that we're going to see escalate in the last days is that men, is that individuals will love themselves. Amen and amen. Lovers of money. They'll be boasters. They'll be proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. This one didn't even start in the last days. It's always been there. But it intensifies in the last days. Alright. Unthankful. Oh, my goodness. Unholy. Next verse. Unloving. Unforgiving. Slanderers. Without self-control. Brutal. Despisers of good. Next verse. Traitors. Headstrong. Haughty. Lovers of pleasure. Rather than lovers of God. This is a prophetic picture that was given to the church that in the last days there's going to be difficult times people will love themselves people will focus on their personal pleasures people will focus on only what they want to do in first timothy chapter number four and verse one the bible says the spirit expressively says that in the last days many will fall from faith and give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Hallelujah. Now, what we are seeing is that guidance needs to be given concerning what's going to be happening in the last days. So that when you see those things happen, you are not necessarily alarmed. But rather you are well prepared so that you can remain in the will of God. Not only do we need prophetic words that govern the whole church, we also need individual words that will come directly to you. And those words are very, very necessary because they shift your purpose. They shift your postures. Some people need to understand that there is a call of God over their life by prophetic direction. If we get to show you and tell you that the Lord wants to use you concerning this, this, and that, it will help you not sit back in the last days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. So prophetic pictures are also necessary for you as an individual. That's why it is necessary and important to sit in the council or sit under the church. Because you experience the ministry of the prophetic to guide you and tell you, oh, this is that. Amen and amen. Yesterday I did mention that, uh, uh, by the way, I'm grateful that uh, people got to share their, their wishes on their platforms. Unfortunately, 
unfortunately, I didn't manage to, if, if you post it on a status, I may not have managed. So if you, if you can, you can screenshot it and send it to me and I'll, 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 I'll say thank you. But yesterday I spent my time and I was up the mountain and I was praying. Wow! And the Lord began to direct and lead me concerning certain things. Amen and amen. Some of the things you know about them during our crossover, I will announce certain things. But it was so amazing to get to walk through 2024. I even reached 2025. <laughs> Jumped some, reached 2030, came back to 2024. It was so amazing. All right. And that's why we are preparing for that so that as we enter 2024, we're not going to, we're not going to, you know, be so lost. But I'm going to say this just to, just to show you that like, there are certain things that are so important, especially concerning prophecy. In 2024, I'll tell you this. One of the most needed gifts in 2024, which will be necessary, is the healing anointing. Don't worry, I'll explain it. Why we need the healing anointing. We will need the healing anointing and we will need men and women to rise to communicate healing to the hearts of men. 2024. Hallelujah. Anyway, we go on. <laughs> so prophecies were important and are so important because they guide us, they direct us and help us with many things. Now, I'm done with prophecies. And I'm going to go right into another address that was important within the body of Christ. And these addresses are known as postures. There were certain directives that were given to you and I, to the church in general, so that they develop certain postures. Amen and amen. Your posture is your heart's positioning. It's the positioning of your heart. Why is the positioning of your heart so important? Because remember, prophecies, prophecies have been given, practices have been given, but for you to give heed to the prophecies, for you to practice the practices, <laughs> then you need to have the right posture. Practices with the wrong posture equals to nothing. That's why you will notice that there is a certain group of people that the Lord Jesus Christ addressed. These are people known as the Pharisees. These people were committed to practices, but their postures were wrong. They would, they would, they would tithe so that they are seen. They would, they would do things so that the people around them would recognize them as, ah, okay, these guys are obedient or whatsoever. They would do things to enhance their personal names their practices were done according to this or rather were done uh, were done as guided by the scriptures but yet with the wrong posture or heart positioning amen and amen in fact they even knew the prophecies they knew everyone who grew up in the Jewish uh, uh, society, knew the prophetic word that was given to uh, Israel that a prophet like Moses was going to rise up. Amen and amen. Are those reigns? All right. 
Nevertheless, this, this really helped, you know, uh, 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 the people uh, uh, to be well positioned. Now, some of the postures that I want to share with you, I may not share with you all the postures, but I want to just share with you a few postures that you and I need to have based on the practices that God demands from us, but also uh, based on the prophetic pictures that you and I are given. The first posture is from Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse 1. Give it to me in the NIV if you have it. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Someone should remind me, I need to teach on the cloud of witnesses. Because, have you noticed the Bible says we are surrounded by witnesses? It simply means we are being watched. (laughs) So we just need to decode who the witnesses are. Hallelujah. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run. This is where I want us to, 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 uh, to catch a posture. It says, let us run with perseverance. The first posture that you and I need to have is perseverance. Perseverance. What is perseverance? It is hupumone. Do you remember your patience? Perseverance is strength to endure. Listen. While I'm talking about perseverance, my next point is consistency. But I I, I want to be comparing them so that you can understand something. Perseverance is holding on or staying on something. Yet, while you are staying on that particular thing, it's not easy to stay on it. On the other hand, consistency is staying on something. But even though you are staying on that particular thing, it's not necessarily a struggle. Amen and amen. We consistently breathe. Who's struggling to breathe? You're consistently doing that. You consistently talk. There are some of you, talking is easy. When we just, when we just wake you up and say hi, you will talk with ease. Amen and amen. But perseverance on the other end is you committing to something. But while you are committing to that particular thing, sometimes it's not easy. So perseverance should be a posture. That's what the Bible says. It says run the race with perseverance. It simply means your Christian work will not always be easy. And you've already been told that. It simply means positions that you occupy, whether in leadership, whether with regards to responsibilities, will never be easy. It will never. It is exciting, it is a privilege, but it will never be easy. 
when we were trained in Bible school and many other things, no one, no one ever told us or taught us we'll be burying our own members. You think it's easy? It's not easy. But at the end of the day, we have to persevere. The Bible tells us of a posture that's so important. It says that through faith and patience, people inherited the promises. It simply means there are certain results in your life that don't just come with faith, but also need patience. It needs you to, it needs you to be strong. It needs you sometimes to wait on the Lord in the prison like Joseph. But being in the prison is not easy. You know that you are going to sit on a high seat eventually. But being in the prison is not easy. Being accused is not easy. Listen, Joseph was accused and put in prison for what he did not do. It's very easy for him to be offended with God and say, why don't you defend me? Why am I in this situation? Amen and amen. And sometimes you and I have got certain expectations of how we want God to do things. But our expectations should never push God to do things according to your will because you are not the scriptwriter of your destiny. Amen and amen. Imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Listen, imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego telling God, make sure we don't go into the fire. Listen, if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were going to pray like that, then it was going to hinder the king from seeing a fourth man. And if the king does not see a fourth man, the king will not pass a decree over the whole nation. So certain circumstances are vital for you, but also for the glory of God. Amen and amen. Mary and Martha complained to Jesus and said, if only you had come early. In short, they were telling the Lord Jesus Christ, you are too late. If only you had come early, our brother Lazarus would have died, would not have died. So they knew what God was capable of doing, but they did not know the will of God in their destiny or script. Amen and amen. And that's why it is important for you and I to practice perseverance. It simply means some things won't be easy. Glory to God. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, persevere. And one of the things I love about perseverance is that at the end of the day, when you have a testimony, it is added even to your spiritual CV. When I say it is added to your spiritual CV, it changes something about you because the Bible tells us all things work for our good to they that love the Lord and accord according to His purpose. Today, if somebody fights you, or if someone calls you names from nowhere and just insults you, I know it's going to be hurtful. Amen. It's going to be hurtful that someone has insulted you. But because you have now such an experience 
of being insulted, of being told off. Once you get over it, you don't only carry victory, you carry strength with you. It simply means the next time another person insults you, you'll be like, oh, <laughs> you're telling me that I've received worse. <laughs> I've received worse. <laughs> you're telling me I'm down. <laughs> I was sharing with somebody. I said, <laughs> there was a person who shared with me and they said, Pastor, I want to kill myself. I said, why do you want to kill yourself? My father told me he's not happy with me. So what's the point of living? I said, ah, just that. He said, they used to call us cockroach. <laughs> Kagone, they would, they would call us names. We know those are not necessarily nice things, but they built a level of strength. They built a, lot of, a level of strength. We, we, know what, we know what it is not to have school fees. We know what it is. But it built a level of strength. Remember the prophetic, not, not even really prophetic, but the projections that the Western country would have concerning Africa and COVID. They said we would die like flies. I said, ah. How will we die like flies? You're talking about COVID. Our nations have experienced... <laughs> Their immunity systems have been built. They've been built by those tough circumstances. Amen and amen. I'm not saying your portion is tough circumstances. I'm just trying to show you how the tough circumstances you've experienced, God used them for your advantage and for your strength. So never be in a place where you don't allow yourself to persevere. Because perseverance, passing the test of perseverance is the passing a test of strength. And you build your strength to encounter something else. Listen, you are not going to fight Goliath if you have not yet fought the bear. You are not going to fight the bear if you have not yet fought the lion. Hallelujah. Yes. So perseverance is a very important posture for you and I. You need to persevere in your work with God. You need to learn to persevere in your own family. You need to learn to persevere in your own life. If you are not yet seeing that answer, it's okay, persevere. Elijah learned how to persevere. When he was closing the heavens, he didn't have to pray seven times. They just closed. Now opening, I was sure. He even had, imagine, he even pronounced like a prophetic word, go and tell Ahab, go and drink and be merry, for I hear an abundance of the sound of rain. I hear rain coming. I hear wedding bells coming. But, eh? Eh. So, he, he announced the abundance of the sound of rain. However, now for the rain to come, he prayed, sent his servant, and the only thing the servant was coming back, the report the servant was coming back is, there is nothing. Such servants, I can chase away. <laughs> is there anything? No, there's nothing, sir. He, then he goes back to pray. He goes back to pray. He's praying, he's praying, he's praying. And he asks the servant, is there anything? And the servant is praying, Master Elijah, Master Elijah, I've got news for you. There's nothing. <sighs> 
until the seventh time he's there, he's locked his knees to the ground and he's praying. But the servant only comes with the answer saying, I see a small cloud. Elijah says, ah, that's enough. Vajitika. <laughs> amen and amen. We've got to learn to persevere. You've got to learn to persevere in your studies. Some of you are changing courses like shoes. You go to this course. Oh, let me try this one. You go to this one. It hits you. You got 49%. You are discouraged with 49%. Can't you just rise up again? I have gotten 9% before. 9. After I got 9%, I went to buy myself a shawarma. I said, ah, I'm We'll come for you again. I'm that kind of person who falls down, but I will not stay down. I will stand up again. When you fall down, don't stay down. Because victory is not in those who stay down. It's in those who rise up. Ask Jesus. He didn't remain in the grave. Amen and amen. Persevere. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter number 12. Should be verse 2. It shows us how Jesus persevered. It says, look in. Because the, the previous scripture says persevere. Then it's telling you, looking unto Jesus. Why is it telling you to look unto Jesus? Because Jesus persevered. So, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Do you know what enduring is? It simply means it wasn't easy. He endured the cross. Nachifina. It was tough. Even though he would prophesy that these bad things are going to happen to me, but don't worry on the third day. Ah, he felt it at the cross. I thirst. That's Jesus. He would ask for this. It was tough. He endured the cross. Even before he endured the cross, the Bible says the cup was too heavy for him that he began to sweat as of blood. If you've never sweated as of blood, you just have to endure. I mean, if our Lord Jesus Christ sweated as, as of blood. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, Kosa, be strong. Persevere. Now, this is one powerful thing you need to do when you're persevering. When Jesus was enduring the cross, the Bible says he was despising the shame. Many of you like nursing the shame. You like giving attention to the shame. I once shared with somebody how as anointed as I was, I was just walking in the rain season and found myself in a drainage full of water. An <laughs> anointed man of God. I'm walking and there's a joy. <laughs> Father, I just found I'm not walking on solid ground. 
Nangenam drainage jui and then people st- and there were people. And there will always be that one who either say one <laughs> oh uyo wele <laughs> as in I heard them entered the water and that water had mud. Ah. How are you sure? That's the problem when you're texting and you're in love. Uh-huh. So I entered the drainage. It was so embarrassing because people were looking at me. Others were laughing at me. Why were they laughing? They knew I can't die in that situation. So they will laugh at me. Now, I had the choice. Stay in the drainage or get out of it. Two choices. For me to get out of the drainage, I have to despise the shame. For me to get out of the drainage, I have to despise the shame. And when I get out of it, any time you despise shame and do the action that you are supposed to do, you have been empowered to change your solution and your, your, your situation. So when I stepped out of the drainage, I realized I have power. Do you know what power I realized I had? I had the power to go back home and change my clothes. But if I remained swallowed up in shame, that power was going to be paralyzed. If you failed the paper, others have gone ahead of you, that's fine. Despise the shame. Write again. Amen and amen. If they fired you from work or if you had anything that has caused your faith or your happiness to be discouraged, don't give up. But persevere. Some things are not going to be easy. I can imagine how Jesus leaves his disciples to build the church. And all the disciples, first of all, before all the disciples, Peter and John are first arrested. These are pillars in the church. After they are arrested, they are commanded never to preach again. But not just commanded to never preach again. They are whipped. They are whipped. Imagine your pastor being whipped. What's that? Despising the shame. When we were registering the church, we had to despise the shame. There was a lot of shame we had to despise, ask Deacon Samuel. Yeah. Nevertheless, when you persevere, despise the shame, the Bible will tell us the testimony of you who keeps pressing. Look at the testimony of Jesus. It says he despised the shame and now has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Shame is not a staying place. It's not your place of dwelling. Always have a clear picture of your destination so that when bad things happen, you still focus on where you are going. If you are going to Kitwe and you have a car breakdown in Kawe, Kawe is not where you start staying. You only know that Kawe is a place where you had a breakdown. I must get back up and go to Kitwe. 
Hallelujah. It's a posture, a very important posture. Number two, consistency. Consistency is a very powerful posture. It's quite different from perseverance because in consistency, you just require to be, you just require to, require to be doing the same things. You just require to be doing the same things. Now, in your consistency, obviously, you need to be consistent in many arenas. You need to be consistent with your walk with God. You need to be consistent in your prayer life. You need to be consistent with your word life. You need to be consistent in thanking God and many other things altogether. Consistency is what empowers your destiny. Consistency is like a staircase. Have you noticed something? Have you noticed that consistency usually looks useless? It usually looks as something that's very weak because you, you just keep doing the same things over and over, over and over. But if I were to ask uh, Dikon Kapemba to come, all right, I want you to understand that, just come here, I want you to understand that these staircases that are here were made the same way. They were made the same way. They, when you... When you when you step on one, it's not like the other one, the next one that you're going to step on is way, you know. The, the length and, you know, the height is literally the same. So for Kapembwa, when we say be consistent, we say this. Maybe Dikon Sam, you can come this side. Now, let's talk about prayer. Let's describe consistency in prayer. Now, just go there by the steps, both of you. Just, just take the first step. That's your Monday in prayer. Take the next step. That's your Tuesday in prayer. Take the next step. That's your Wednesday. Now, Deacon Sam, stop praying on Wednesdays. Just feel like you pray on Monday next time. Then you go Thursday. You go Friday. You go Saturday. You go Sunday. You go Monday. Now, you observe something. He's, he, both of them are just making the same steps. But what consistency does is that even though you are making the same steps, you need to know that you are never at the same level. The same steps you make will not keep you at the same level. So when you pray, consistent, pray consistently, don't think you, you remain at the same level. Because you keep ascending, you keep rising the moment you are diligent enough to be consistent. Amen and amen. It empowers your destiny. The more you are consistent at church, it seems like, ah, you're just experiencing the same things. No, your consistency is an empowerment. It's, it's, it's an, an empowerment for you. And that's why consistency is important for you in your destiny. Thank you guys, you can sit. What other, what other posture does the scriptures tell us? Romans 12 and verse 11. Romans 12 and verse 11 is a teaching. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in the Spirit, serving the Lord. NIV. Never be lacking in zeal. Zeal is a posture. The other posture we are taught to have is to have zeal. Zeal is, is your passion. It simply means one of the things you need to always 
make sure you are preserving in your life is zeal. Whether it's zeal for life, whether it's zeal for serving God, whether it's zeal for becoming great, you need to sustain your passions. Passion is, passion is something very interesting. You can redirect your passion to anything you want. Today, if you want, you can love, you can enjoy soccer. It can become a passion. Tomorrow, if you want, you can have passion for ministry. But where God demands, where God demands a certain level of passion for serving Him, you need to keep it. Because one of the challenges that many people have is that when they are starting, they've got this passion for ministry. They've got this passion for working for God. Three years or four years down the line, they are no longer interested. I saw a woman who came to me and said, Ah, if you have she was in her old age. And she says, we used to do these things. Then she said, then she said wait. And I said, I can't become like you. Because I will not allow my zeal to die. I won't allow my passion to die. And my passion is fueled by the Holy Ghost. That's why the Bible says he sheds the love of God over our hearts. He ignites passion. So ensure that if your passion is dying, it needs to be addressed. Do you know that it is one of the things Jesus addressed to the churches? He says, I know your works, but the only problem I have with you is that you've lost your first love. No passion anymore. And do you know what Jesus said? He didn't say, I understand you. He says, can you repent? Because falling from passion is a problem. You become unuseful. Eventually. Falling for passion is like salt losing its taste. Falling out of passion rather. Imagine you have salt that doesn't have taste. What what makes sense? So sustain your zeal. First Thessalonians chapter five and verse eighteen. My next point. One posture you need to have is the posture of thanksgiving. Give thanks in what? In all circumstances. Have you noticed the circumstance that has been given is all. It's not just your, uh, it's not just your good circumstances. Have you noticed mankind has only taught us to give, to, to offer thanks when we receive something good. That's why most of you only say thank you. After they give you a sweet or a shawarma or something good. But if you don't have anything, you still can't say thank you. But the Bible tells us, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is not your will, it's God's will. God wants you to give thanks. In all circumstances. Now, why should, why should you practice thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is a powerful posture that God responds to. It is, it is by thanksgiving that God, you know, deliberately reacts to a man that gives thanks to him. 
He multiplies. He continues to work because you are giving thanks. So you will notice there are things you shouldn't do, you should continue doing without ceasing. There is praying, but there is also thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is also a spiritual barricade, by the way. It, it barricades you from negative postures. Do you know that? I want, to, I want to give you a secret. Any man with pride has lost the voice of thanksgiving. Any man with pride has lost the voice of thanksgiving. It simply means when you don't give thanks unto the Lord, you allow pride to enter. So do you know how to deal with pride? Practice thanksgiving. Why is pride dangerous for you? Because pride is a recipe that you need to fall down quickly. And it doesn't matter how much you've risen above or gone high in life. As long as you, you, you have pride, pride tells yourself, tells, it says to yourself, you need to jump from where the Lord has raised you. But not only that, pride is one of the things God fights. And God is committed. The Bible says God resists the pride and gives grace to the humble. What do you find with somebody that is humble? He's a man of thanksgiving. So thank the Lord. If something is bad, thank the Lord. So pride, thanksgiving is a barricade against pride. It is also a barricade against murmuring and complaining. So when you thank the Lord, when you have time, something bad has happened, you'll be like, Lord, I thank you. A voice that offers thanks will not complain. He won't. So this is a posture that has been addressed in the body of Christ. That practice this and it will help you greatly and steer up a conducive environment to allow the Lord to work. The next one. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 1. Love. Love is a posture as well. The Bible says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have no love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. It simply means my efforts that are made without love make me a noise maker. That's a noise maker. Next verse. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and know all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but I have no love, I am nothing. This is the fundamental posture. You have to deliberately develop love for God and love for mankind. That's why when you mark a person or observe somebody that loves God and loves mankind, do not merely be inspired. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ, not observe me as I follow Christ. People just love to observe. Your love inspires me. Can you also walk in it? Don't just be inspired. 
The way you pray, I'm so inspired. <laughs> You're inspired to do what? Are you inspired to walk in the same? Or for you, you're just a commentator that observes. Love is very cardinal. And remember the prophecy that was given. It says many men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. And not love God or other people. So your posture must have love directed towards God and also towards mankind. You can study in the scriptures on the qualities of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not uh, envy. It, does, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't rejoice in evil. I get shocked how believers still laugh at each other on, on, on social media. Someone found themselves in a tough circumstance and says, No, Seka, eh, Ziva. Void of love. Amen and amen. Lastly, because of time, hope. We need to have hope. Hope is holding on and believing such a thing is going to happen or is going to come to pass. Hope is a posture. Like you need to be hopeful that your story will change. You need to be hopeful that regardless of the situation, regardless of the trends, regardless of your current pressure or the edge that you are at currently, something will change. You need to be hopeful. Like always be hopeful. Saints of God, these are postures that without them, they, they will affect our practices. If you do not practice or even maintain the right posture, then, number one, you will, you will initiate wrong practices, and number two, you will frustrate prophecies. You must understand that not all prophecies will come to pass as long as you have good practices and postures. You can abort a prophetic word. Yes. Didn't God tell Moses that he would take Israel to the promised land? But did Moses take Israel to the promised land? No. He aborted it on the platform of, of disobedience. Wasn't a prophetic word given to Hezekiah that you're going to die? And that you'll put your house in order? Prophecies can change. You can be given a prophetic word of how you are meant to travel to nations. But if you are seated at home, you are not serving in church. Which nations will you go to? You can't go to a church. You think you will go to a nation. Which nation? Uh, Kamala South Nations. You can't. So postures are very, very important. If they tell you, give you a prophetic word that you are meant to be a lender to multitudes, you can't even give your own sister money. Your own sister. Or your own family members. Ah, postures. Very, very important. 
So sustain those prophetic words by great postures and initiate good practices by having good postures as well. That was my last point, hope. It is taught that we need to have hope that things will change in our lives. We are also given advice to have hope on many aspects. We are first given uh, advice to have hope that Jesus will come again for us. It's called the blessed hope. And it actually says when the Lord Jesus Christ comes again, we will all be changed. We will experience the salvation of our bodies. We will have a new body. So be hopeful. Right now, many people will do their best to show you this Christianity that you are believing in is a scam. Someone commented on my post because I was encouraging people to you know, focus on God. And they called me a name. <laughs> they said, you are putting people in bondage with this Christianity of yours. I just said, trust in the Lord. Imagine. And they called me a name. And I'm like, ooh, alright. Nevertheless, many people will tell you, they'll bring theories. They'll tell you this Bible was written by Shan Shani, what, what, white many, this, this, that. Don't worry. Those ones, the scriptures wrote about them, they are known as scoffers. They will make you believe that what we are believing in is a scam. But we know that Jesus is not a scam. Ah, he can't. Life without Jesus is done, which is a scam. Glory to God. That's the hope we need to have. Another hope that we are encouraged is in First Thessalonians chapter number 4, 16 all the way to 17. The Bible tells us something lovely. It tells us that when the Lord Jesus Christ comes, alright, it says, first of all, the dead in Christ will rise. And when the dead in Christ, it simply means those who believed but then have passed on. Those are the dead in Christ. Those who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, those who are believers, but they've passed on. It says the dead in Christ will arise first. Then we will meet up with them and we will meet Jesus. And then the Bible says, encourage one another with these things so that you mourn differently. Another hope that we are encouraged with is that if we lost somebody who was in Christ, we will meet with them again. And I know it's very hurtful to lose somebody because in most cases, we never never get to say proper goodbyes to them. And obviously we miss them in the natural. But the Bible tells us we will meet again. That's hope. Amen and amen. Those are the postures we need to have and for all other postures, may you open the scriptures and learn them diligently. Let's rise to our feet.